This is the Blackout Podcast. Welcome to the Blackout Podcast, where I talk to amazing people doing amazing things. I try to get to learn their creative process, deconstruct it, and, well, steal a little bit out of it. And today, I'm super stoked to have someone I'm happy to meet in person, finally. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so, Shay, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, man. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, all right. I guess, should I just start at the top here? At the um, top. I've been an artist for about 10 years. Um, I know I look a little younger. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been an artist for about 10 years. Um, I work in the hip-hop, R&B, and soul. And I'm also, more recently, the founder of the Northern Touch Music Festival, which is in its third year. Mm-hmm. Um, we basically created spaces for uh, underserved music genres, typically uh, hip-hop, R&B, and soul. Um Afrobeat, reggae, all those types of uh, uh, genres of music. And then by extension, we're helping out the communities of people that uh, create that. Mm. Uh, I remember checking out the Northern Touch. So my friend, Epidemic, who was on the show, and he played then, you know, I checked it mm-hmm. out, and the, the list was great. And not just the people performing, but the people coming in to talk. Yeah, so that's a big thing for us. Uh, basically, being an artist for like 10 years, I was going to a lot of the other showcase festivals across Canada. Um, and again, just the infrastructure was not there to bring in certain certain people. Um, so what I wanted to do was create that space and really focus on building a showcase festival that isn't exclusive. So any genre, and actually there's a band from Winnipeg that ended up meeting somebody that they did business with and they were outside of kind of the hip-hop, R&B, and soul. Mm. Um, or the typical. I mean, they were pretty soulful bands. So to me, like that's why they got uh, selected. They ended up doing some work. Um, so generally speaking, it's, uh, it's very inclusive to all genres, but we really wanted to make sure that we were representing the business of hip-hop, R&B, and soul. So. Mm. And so what are some of the names you brought in so far? Uh, last year's headliners was an amazing artist, Dayburger, uh, from New York. Um, shout out Dayburger. And uh, Murs came through, which is obviously super... I've been a fan of, super fan of Murs for a long time. He uh, created the Paid Deuce Festival. He's got a show on Hip Hop DX called The Breakdown, mm-hmm. um, where much like this, where he has conversations, cultural conversations, and uh, really stirs the pot with a lot of stuff, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, he's like a hip hop archivist which I, which I love like i love guys that you can talk about this stuff about and like and they just know everything it's yeah. amazing um so merce came out we also had toki wright uh, and his partner came out and dj dj miss brit and um yeah that was last year yeah man and, and it's great and so how did your journey to hip-hop begin uh that's kind of funny i started um <laughs> The first tape I got, we're going to get dated here a little bit. The first (laughs) hip-hop tape that I really got or the first set of tapes that I got was like... um uh, Because I grew up in in Winnipeg, so it's typically like white rock sort of. That's the the background. Mm. I was taking uh, tapes from my cousin, and my cousin had House of Pain, Mm. um, Shamrocks and Shenanigans. Um, He also had Cypress Hill, Black Sunday. Um, And so basically, Rage Against the Machine too, if you want to throw that in there yeah and uh basically took those tapes and started listening to them and pretty much fell in love with it and um really after that i started to become a disciple of hip-hop as a listener Hmm. um i was in bands at the time i was in punk bands and uh i love to sing i love to write music um i also had the fortune of i suppose i've 
found it to be a good thing now, but at the beginning wasn't really that great when I was growing up, but I moved a lot. Um, so I've lived across Canada, um, except for the Maritimes. But I, <laughs> but, but I love Halifax. Halifax is one of my favorite cities, actually. Um, yeah. I was mentioning that on the way here. Um, and I moved around a lot. And when I moved around, I was kind of tired of breaking up bands and uh, was like not really into um, just being a singer-songwriter guy with acoustic guitar. And so when I, when computer technology started kind of coming up, uh, Fruity Loops was invented and like recording software was invented. And I was like, you mean I can make music by my, by myself? I don't need a band. And so I was like, uh, it was mind blowing. So yeah. shout out computers. Um, <laughs> just basically started to work, uh, did what most kids do now. Like, like DIY, like it's kind of punk rock. It was just like, I'm going to go and figure out how to crack Fruity Loops so I can make beats. Mm. That's how like kids even these days are doing it. And, and I love it. And the culture really hasn't changed. Like it wasn't like I had enough money for a computer. It wasn't like I had enough money to go buy software. Like I was literally like, like you're like a 10, you know, 12 year old kid. That's like learning how to crack software just so you can make beats. Like what, 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 how does that happen? That's like almost the equivalent of stealing a guitar to become like Jimi Hendrix. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of crazy. So yeah, that's basically how it started. And then I started making beats. Then I got into beat makers and then it's like the rabbit hole, like uh, all the way down right until like praise Jay Dilla. Mm. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, how do you feel about samples? How do I feel about samples? Mm. I love them. What do you think of the Kanye Wests from three, four, five albums ago and the Kanye West now? Mm. I love Kanye West. I'm sorry, but no, like, not not the. Like, I guess let me qualify that the music. Like he's 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 a genius. Mm -hmm. Like absolutely a genius. I understand that samples don't. The whole industry, because I've learned the industry, has mm. changed. So mm. sampling, here's the thing that really bothers me about sampling. Yep. Some of the artists that I would sample, first off, I collect vinyl. So I, I'm definitely big into sampling. Like I go and I, I'll, I'll buy a bunch of records. I'm buying music that probably people care less and less about. You know, like I'll buy two or three co copies of like a Herbie Hancock record just to like have it. Like that's, that's the way it started out for me. Mm. And the big thing that really bothers me is some of these people that we sample are like living in their vehicles. Uh. That's what bothers me. Like hip hop was supporting it and buying those records. But at the end of the day, it's probably going to a label. Um, and you know, let's not even get into how Motown treated their artists or anything like that. Like it, and so that's the part that bothers me. So mm -hmm. I wish I could reach out to a lot of them and be like, yo, this is, you know, like I want to be able to I hope the festival's big enough one day that I can bring out artists like that, that I know are, are literally like maybe sleeping in a vehicle or like, and I hear stories about this, like of people who can barely pay their rent, mm. you know, and they're people that hip hop was built off of Pretty much. and that bothers me. So, yeah. So sampling as, as a whole, I love sampling. I like the idea of sampling. I think mm. there's art to it. Jay Dill is amazing. Mad Lib's amazing. Stone Throws Records is like, uh, you know, amazing. But um, I'm also not using samples in my music just because of the industry now. Mm. And like the new Kanye West is like, I, I love it. Uh, Kids See Ghost is probably one of my favorite records. <laughs> there was a song that I can't remember the title, but holy smokes. Oh. Although, to be honest, um, like Kikuri is, I don't, I don't, he's, I don't, I don't. He's inspirational. There's a song yeah. he has on his last album. I uh, can't remember the title, but he has something about pain. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so it's, it's something like 
uh, whatever you do, you can't take the pain away. Yeah. Holy smokes. It's sad. Yeah. And but it's also true. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's another thing I, I, I love about your stories because it's real and you bring in the whole mental health thing into it. Because that's especially in hip hop, we don't talk about it. You have to be tough and yeah. all that. No, it's huge. I love everything that's going on in hip hop right now. I love everything about like emo trap music, about like the goth boy cleric, about sad boy stuff. Like uh finally it's it's okay for men to talk about their feelings. Mm. That is like huge for me. Mm. Um like I, I don't talk much, or I, I didn't until like more recently about some of the stuff that happened to me, even in the music industry or my past or like whatever. Mm. Um, a lot of times, like that's that hyper masculinity comes from like how you were raised. Like mm. even in even in like, so my partner and I we have discussions about this all the time. The maquista culture, How's you that? know, um, like from 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 kind of the. You know, South America, they have the idea that that men are supposed to be macho still. Mm. And so, for instance, our our, our little boy, um, he goes to his grandmother's, God bless her, and uh, and she'll be like, I don't like that he paints his nails. Oh, you know what I mean? And little things like that where I'm like, OK, you know, his middle name is, is English translation soldier. Mm. And so he stands there at seven years old and he says, you know what? He's not hurting anybody. Mm. And I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I've showed him pictures of Kurt Cobain. I've showed him pictures of men who, who paint their nails. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like, and to me, it's like, it's a style thing. I've always enjoyed doing it. I go with my partner. It's something I can share with, with her. Mm. And, and to me, I think that that's, like, beautiful that a seven-year-old is like, Grandma, he's not, like, he's not hurting anybody. <laughs> like, are you, are, like, is it really that bad? Like, mm. and it's like, to me, um, the other part of it is that I'm also very... Uh, I don't dynamic. Mm. So I also hunt. So there's guns in the house. I hunt deer. I try to provide for my family, the Métis uh, background that I have, the indigenous background that I have, that's part of our life and our culture. Mm. And so um, it's really funny to think that like, you know, this hyper masculinity of guns and violence and women and like, and then I paint my nails. Like what's, what's wrong with that? Like, I don't understand why there has to be an issue with any of that. So like call it the great equalizer, but I'm here to like, just like, I'm here to break down stereotypes. I'm here to break down any of those things. I, Mm. I love that. Like, I love what my son is learning and I love it. I love it. You know, and that's the thing. Uh, I went to a talk about hyper masculinity the other day and it was super eye opening. And it's, it's the little things we don't think about, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always the little things we don't think about it. And when it hits, you're like, holy smokes, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. We, in some way, we contribute to the whole problem without even knowing because it's how we were raised a certain way. You, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't express yourself a certain way. Yeah. And if you cry, holy shit, why are you crying? Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. No, and now hip-hop's open to it. People like Lil Peep and some of the people like... You know, um, shout out my boy Spag King, the leader of the Stick City Cult, which is our collective. I absolutely love everybody in the collective because we all talk about our feelings. We all talk about it. And and whether or not it comes from the emo world or whatever, what you know, it doesn't really matter where it comes from. Mm. As long as people are able to discuss these things, mm. I think that it's incredible. And uh, And not only that, but yeah, we watched like some 80s movies the other day. We were like, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to show, like, our little boy some 80s movies. <laughs> and, like, they are kids' movies. And I was like, I, I, you know what movie was? Drop Dead Fred. 
You guys remember that movie, Drop Dead Fred? Yeah. yeah. My favorite movie. Okay. You, did you, have you watched it recently? Yes. Like, he fun. slid under her skirt and stuff, and I'm like, whoa! Mm. Like, bro, you can, okay, you cannot do that anymore. Mm. Like, it's such a different, like, you know, and, and it's so funny to think that, like, even Home Alone, like, and at the, okay, at the end of the day, I saw that uh, recently somebody was attacking kind of the Little Mermaid. Um, like, uh, basically, just there was an article talking about how the Little Mermaid, you're giving up your voice for uh, a man, um, and that whole conversation, and, and the woman who did, did the voice of Ariel, basically said like i also know that it's it's just the culture and the time she was like i'm proud of this princess at at, at the time i guess if i'm not mistaken i might be incorrect I didn't, my disney princesses might be a little off but mm. um the previous one to that was sleeping beauty okay i'm pretty sure and so the the jump from sleeping beauty to to ariel who was like Actually, actually challenging doing and doing something yeah, yeah like, everybody was just there yeah, i'm gonna be slipping yeah, in so they come yeah. on give me so, uh... so there really is and then when you jump ahead to like frozen where there is no man mm. there's a snowman i guess if you want like whatever <laughs> but like but but there's no you know there is no prince and 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 so like you know take it take it for what it is mm. like there's growth there's development you know that's one of the big things that i see in all these communities that are trying to find a voice mm. is that oftentimes all of a sudden the, the future isn't the conversation it's the past and it's like but i do know the past is important for where we got to yeah, yeah. but like we got to hear from yeah. that so yeah. like you know we just have to respect it and we have to move forward with our eyes wide open yeah. and with as much because you know what in 10 years from now we're going to be like uh yeah that you know what we did as a culture was pretty dumb yeah so yeah, I love I love where rap's at. I love Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi for opening up the doors to talking about feelings. Yeah. I love Kanye West for that. Kanye West talks about things that people don't want to talk about. Mm. Like, and even like, I know it's going to sound terrible, like, but the Make America Great type stuff. Like, he's literally trying to, and he said it, like, break down barriers to conversations. And it's like, nobody really wants to relate to Trump. I get it. So here's the thing. My thing with that is that we are... I don't want to say that we are there yet, but we are super close to the point where it's either A or B. We we um either for this, um because I'm for this, I'm not even gonna there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do that will even make me want to sit down and talk to you about anything. So cause you you side uh you're on the side of a different i'm not even going to listen to you and and yeah. i grew up in a time where or well i grew up in a family where we could talk about anything anything anything, yeah. anything. and i guess you know we'll we'll argue mm -hmm. right it's we'll argue but when we talk i'm like oh shoot you know what that guy kind of makes sense you yeah know? no i know that's the only conversations is what creates any of that and like at the end of the day i get it uh like it's so hard, but like when I was younger, because I'm really big into spirituality and I'm, I'm big at like, I mean, all my tattoos are all different cultures and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And one of the things that I was always like when I was younger in, in sort of the Christian religion, uh, it really does divide and say like, you know, you're either good or bad. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about that and I actually mentioned it in, in earlier today. Um, like I try to, with my son, break down the concepts of good and bad. Because good, as soon as you say good, there's inherently a bad. Mm. And as soon as you say bad, it's inherently good. That creates a power, uh, that creates a power dynamic. Mm. And so the idea is, is the choices you make mm. have results. We are not here to interpret the results. That's for maybe a higher power 
or for something larger. But how many times have you done something that you thought was good and it ended up being the worst decision of your yeah, life? My wife, I think one of our favorite quotes is the path to hell, hell is, is something. In, yeah, yeah. In good intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And I, I believe in that. So with my son, um, we try to we try to discuss like what result do you want? Mm. Mm. What is the result? You know, recently he, he went to he went to the office for something that uh, he was a bystander in something. So it wasn't that he did anything wrong. Mm. But they brought him to the office because he was he was part of uh, being a bystander, mm. which is really great. I'm glad that the school is actually doing that because then it's making everyone accountable, even in, in, in room. But really, the conversation was, you know, you chose not to do something, which means that these are the results, you know? And so choosing not to do something can sometimes be just as bad as choosing to do something. So at the end of the day, what do you want? Yeah. You know, what do you want? Do you want people to be happy or do you want people to feel included? Yeah. Okay, what are the choices we have to make to do that? Mm. You know, so if you want to feel, you know, uh, if you want to be a man that wants to talk about his feelings in hip hop, mm. then you have to be able to understand that you're going to make choices. It's not about good or bad. It's not about like, uh, oh, this is good rap or this is bad rap or mm. this is like, the you know, if I choose to mumble on a track, oh, that's good rap or that's bad rap. Like, there is no good or bad like that. It's it's this is what I want to do. I want to talk about my feelings on an album. This is how I'm going to get to it. Mm preach man yeah that's dope <laughs> um so uh let me let me pull it down a little bit let's talk about the haunted house when blessed <laughs> <laughs> my guy yo i think it's off my igtv now but i'm gonna have to put it back up there i like i wish that i could be i could see something like you know like aliens i've always been that kid like i want to see i want to see aliens i want to see a ghost i want to see a spirit i want to see like i want it so bad but i'm also like very much based in fact so mm. so at the end of the day uh yeah the ghost story let me explain <laughs> um so we were, i was down for uh music uh, nova scotia music week yeah they had brought me down uh to basically discuss the music festival and to be here to book acts and that sort of thing and to kind of watch everybody perform mm. um and uh epidemic god bless his soul was uh, <laughs> carrying around some microphones and stuff like that, and we went and put it into the room, and we ended up doing a song mm. um, in in the hotel. Wait, pause. That song is at what two hundred and ten yeah, thousand streams now. Yo, so my guy, almost <laughs> a quarter million streams, yeah. and that song almost didn't happen, which yeah. is insane. So I, I'm so happy that like you know, again, choices. Like we chose to make it happen, and this mm. is the results of it. You know, mm. good or bad, because we talk about in the in, in the marketing. We'll get back to the ghost story, but you know, I just came from the music summit, and they were talking about this type of marketing is good or this type of marketing is bad. And, you know, it's good to have a lead up to a song and it's good to, you know, none of that matters when you have a quarter million streams on a song that you literally just chose to do in a hotel room, like right on the spot. And you were like, it's like, so I said to them, like, what about that? And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, well, that's a fluke. And it's like, <laughs> I like how you guys called it the hotel song. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Bless the hotel song. And and so anyway, so back to the haunted house yeah, in, yeah. in Truro, Nova Scotia is where this was taking place. And Truro has the John Stanfield in which I had to do some research on but apparently it was on like ghost hunters and all these different shows and uh yeah basically everybody that was there was like have you been in the haunted house have you been in the haunted house and then the hotel staff is all like don't go in the haunted house the haunted house you can't go in. it's unsafe to go in the haunted house and I'm just like oh my goodness stop and so then we go in there and it's beautiful like it's an old beautiful like mansion style three-story building that was probably like 
like very difficult to build back when it was built and like of course everyone's trolling you so there's like help me written in the dust and there's like i'm pretty sure someone like literally cut their own finger to spray blood all over the wall like it's like and then like we're walking through there and they were like is this is this like feces or is this blood like it was pretty it was pretty nasty but i'm walking through there and you can watch this entire thing on camera i'm like yeah, this ain't nothing. I've been in the trap house. Like this is this is just like a trap house, bro. I'm like I go hunting in houses like this. Like I'll be like in a hunting shack in the bush, and this is just like good living. I'm like it's even got couches in here and everything. <laughs> I think at one point I'm like, there's an iPhone box in here. Why are we worried about it being haunted? Like I'm just like this is ridiculous. And so, anyways, of course everyone's like, oh, did you go through? Did you go to the third floor? And blah blah blah. And I'm like, no, no. So we like walk around, walk around. And I'm with Epidemic and I'm with uh, Tom from Han Solo Records and Tom's filming it and we just walk it around. I'm like, nah, this is weird. This is weird. And we get to the stairs and all of a sudden we're like walking up the stairs and you can hear it on the video. And I'm like, oh no. I stop and you can actually hear breathing and some sort of weird like, not like giggling, but like definitely something that I'm like. I'm like, all I say is, nope. And I turn around and I'm like, nope. So we bolt out and, and I'm like, I run directly into the Holiday Inn. And, and again, this is all on camera. So you can actually go and listen and you can hear it all. It's really, really crazy. And, and I like go in there and they're like, you shouldn't have went in there. You shouldn't have went in the haunted house. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, yo, I didn't believe it was haunted. And, and at the time, Henka from New School Rules, one of the other delegates was like, somebody must have been in there like making noise. And I'm going to go with that just because I don't want to think that there was actually something there. But like my guy, nobody's in that house just hanging out waiting for three people to like walk up there. Like it's that yeah. scary. It's scary enough that like you're looking at it. You're like, nah, like you're going with three people, but like one person at mm. like 11 o'clock at night and like nah mm. not at all and like the breath literally sounds like it's like right in your ear I, I was hanging out with josh here at the at the uh summit and he went and checked it out and he's like i'm pretty sure i heard the like breath and i'm like no you can hear it like it's weird because it sounds like my breath or somebody else's breath but it's not like we're all not breathing at that moment we're just like <laughs> <laughs> nope I remember Derek telling me that. So, but hey, the song is great. It's doing great. And um, okay. on on Thursday, man, <clears throat> you think almost every time I talk with an artist, I, I tend to talk with artists that love music, and you see the love for the music in how they perform, right? And when you guys are on stage doing blessed, and like you could tell you love music. So yeah, I love music, but I'm gonna and God bless the get down, but like. Rap shows really got to step their sound game up. I'm so sorry, but, like, it's just, it's a common thing across, like, Canada. Like, mm. the worst part is, is that, like, as an industry person as well, mm. like, how do you expect the industry to take you seriously? Like, mm. I get it. There's not a lot of money in it or mm. whatever. And, 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 like, I totally get it. But, like, it's hard to go up there and rap and, like, have the sound, you know, not really on point. And mm. so I kind of, like, walked off stage and I was just like dang like i was like we, we were gonna go do this and it was gonna be all like crazy and then just like the sound just kind of bummed me out a little bit mm. but at the end of the day i love performing man like i love it i had that new song that new song no one's heard yet that so i was like awesome. yo thank you very much man like i i'm super pumped po shout out post-war and a shout out to you thoria as well uh from the uk so we all worked on this song together and i don't drink i've been sober for two and a half years mm. and uh 
and song's called Perrier, and it basically is because we drink a lot of sparkling water, and like not only that, but like it's a big thing to talk about like uh, jewelry and in, in songs. So like the water and the drip and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's Perrier sparkling water, and it's kind of um, just a, a shout out to the diamonds that I wish I had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, though, man. Yeah, no, the song was great, and uh, are you? I mean, just in the last couple of months since we talked before we met, you've actually put me on uh, to to kind of the right people to talk to and uh, that's super helpful and I'm grateful for that of course um, but do you think we need more the summit is great but not everyone is going to be able to go on uh, what do you think we could do for well like upcoming artists and upcoming shows like the Get Down because yeah so part of it is it's it's a it's a chicken and egg situation the scene has to come together they have to organize. I'm also getting my labor degree right now. I'm in five courses. So I actually deferred an exam to be out here. Shout out University of Manitoba. Um, and I came out and I'll be going home to do a math exam when I get home. Oh my but God. Uh, yeah, it's gross. I don't even, even want to talk I can't about it. That math. Oh God. Euclidean geometry. Um, but like, uh, but like, yeah. So the thing is, is I understand, uh, and it's a labor degree, so I understand like unions and organizing and that sort of thing. Um, mm. People need to come together a little bit because it's power in numbers. Uh, so organization is really important. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, we discussed it in the summit today that um, there's a giant gap. Um, for hip-hop artists and even just generally for hip-hop in the sense of like you know if you're a guitar playing act you can go take guitar lessons like where are the turntable lessons Mm. where is the uh how to crack fruity loops lessons like you know that type of thing where like the beat making stuff or like mpc akai software or like maybe even having like beat sort of seminars everybody's in their basement making beats Mm. like a ton of people i know that's all the people i know i barely know people that play guitar Mm. so in my head i'm just like there's a real disconnect between like all this starting out and all this infrastructure so we're working on it man i mean it is what it is it's uh it's a slow you know, slow process. And in uh, Canada, we're like 10 years behind America. So it just is what it is. But, you know, I really think that Manitoba Music, Music Nova Scotia, and all of these MIAs understand that. Um, it's just like, yeah, it's a chicken and egg thing. Everybody has to get together. Everybody has to like find common ground. Mm. Back to what we were talking about, conversations, having the conversations and just seeing what the challenges, successes are and really just bringing it all together and making sure that uh, there are ambassadors like myself that, um, you know, that go out to these things and make sure that I'm trying to tie uh, the whole community together um, because we are in pockets and we're mighty, mm. but uh, together we can be a little bit stronger. So um, yeah, things like the get down, again, I absolutely love being there um but yeah just making sure that stuff like the get down continues to happen and then that they go to, to music nova scotia stuff yeah. like the doors are open like i'm pretty sure it's a pub, public place right like so i mean people can go in there mm-hmm. you know how many of those artists it's again like i know the artists are like i don't feel like if i go in there they're gonna listen to me yeah well enough of you go in there they're gonna listen to you <laughs> like it's just like anything right mm-hmm. like you get 20 30 people to walk in there and say hey we are underserved and, and we don't have anything but we need something they're, mm-hmm. they're gonna do something about yeah. it yeah um and so i mean you do the music you actually i didn't even know the the whole labor thing now so you have that you have your kid your partner you have a lot of things going on how do you make it all work um barely (laughs) um um, so 
The biggest thing for me was my health. Uh, I also lost 80 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So I lost yeah. lost 80 pounds, and uh, I did that through um, meeting an incredible person uh, named Forrest Black from uh, Atlantic uh, Atlantic Records. Um, I I was in a place after 10 years of being in hip hop and really really pushing really really hard and doing kind of everything that industry associations were telling me to do and every other manager that i met and i just got to a point where i was like i think that everyone there's no support because of me because i'm a shitty artist mm. um and i got to a point where i was like drinking every day um i was just eating whatever and uh was treating myself really badly mm. so i went through a really really dark phase and uh I had quit doing drugs about 15 years ago, um, like hard drugs and stuff. Um, and then the alcohol kind of crept up on me a little bit. I don't think that I was really an alcoholic, but I mean, I was probably an alcoholic for sure. But like, but that being said, like, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're running a studio and then you have four beers a night, you're like, am I really an alcoholic? Mm. Well, I drank four beers a night for the past like 20 nights. You know what I mean? Maybe I am an alcoholic, <laughs> you know? So um, when I quit that and started to work on like just exercising, it was uh, it was one of the things, a turning point for me. And mm. uh, I lost 80 pounds. I learned how to do that. I went from 255 pounds down to uh, 160 or something like that. And now I'm like in the middle of bulking. I just ate like a week's worth of shit food and uh, <laughs> and was at the terrible uh, the terrible gym doing it. But I'm actually like got gained two you know two inches on my arms and mm. like getting back to it. I was pretty pretty thin there for a little bit. But yeah, I've learned how to now control it completely. I 100% know how to like bring my weight up, bring my weight down. I've mm. actually helped other people lose weight. I helped a girl uh, back in Winnipeg. She uh, lost 40 pounds through uh, through working with her and 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 basically. It, I didn't realize that <clears throat> a lot of people talk about like remember remember when the the secret was a big thing yeah 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 everybody was like manifest destiny I manifest I'm a manifest a car I'm a manifest a house I'm a manifest everything <laughs> well the thing that people like kind of stopped talking about was like. <laughs> Okay, you understand that you manifest your reality. Yeah. None of this really exists. In fact, one of the things that always like uh, was a big thing for me is, you know, the thing inside you that says, you know, I I feel this table. I'm having a conversation. I like coffee. I like water. The I part, uh, the part, the the ghost in the machine. Um, there's no physical way to take that out. It's not physical. So how can you think that anything around you is real if the thing determining it to be real doesn't even exist? Mm. So one of the things that I realized is like, yeah, is basically one of the things that I realized is that you do create your reality, but this, if this is a projection, I'm the projector. Mm. So how can I actually create a projection that's clear, that makes sense, mm. or that even really like has a definition if the projector's dusty, old? Have you ever tried watching an old movie through like a terrible projector? You can barely see what's going on. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, snap. Like, I should probably eat some more vegetables. <laughs> like, and, and like, and, and I'm, and I'm not going to lie, but like vegetables <laughs> and working out opened my, like changed my life. Mm. When I, as soon as that happened, I created the festival. i met the woman. You know, what's crazy. I didn't, I didn't meet the woman in my dreams. I met the woman in my dreams literally. And she watched me go through this. Mm. And like, my partner is like very very pretty and and she's like one of the she's one of those women that like you're like 
why are you with me? Like, <laughs> like, what God did I like please so much that she like literally came in and was like, you're the one. You know what I mean? And yeah. and so like, and so I, 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 and, and, and not only just is she like beautiful, but she's, she's me. Mm. It's like literally the person, check this out. The person, I had a picture of a woman on my phone mm. when I met her in my phone. And I was like, Yo, this is a really good looking girl. Like, just like, you know, men sometimes save pictures of women or whatever. It happens. It's not a big deal. We just like, <laughs> you know, we have pictures. It wasn't like, it was like a model from the internet, whatever. Mm. It wasn't like I was taking someone's picture from Instagram or something like that. Mm. Um, let me just clarify that. <laughs> um, so it was a model that I was like, oh, this girl's really, really pretty. Yeah. And literally like fast forward six months or something like that later. And I, I like had this picture and I was flipping through my old camera roll and I was with her and I was like, what? I'm like, yo. And I showed her and she was like, that's funny. And I'm like, <laughs> and then it all happened. Then yeah. I changed. My my body changed. The way I felt about myself changed. Mm. I created um, uh, a hip hop festival. Uh, I now have a song that's got a quarter million views. I've never had that type of success before. Mm. Uh, I changed my music. I killed the rap name. I killed the part of me that basically I thought was like, you know, the driving force in my like creativity. Like I don't even want to have a rap name anymore. I don't even really like rap in the sense. Like I love, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I love the music, Yeah, yeah. but I kind of hate all the things that like made me think that I had to be in this little box. Mm. I hate being in boxes now. Mm. I recognize that I'm like, Oh, I hate boxes. But what's even funnier is that like, you don't recognize it until like later on. Hip hop became my identity. And I, I talked to a, a friend of mine back home, Helen back. I'm up for a indigenous music award right now um, for producer and engineer of the year mm. for working on his record. And we had a conversation about it. He's the guy who termed like coined the term native hip hop. Mm. And he's like, man, that was my identity. And that was something that we did because we needed a voice. And he's like, guess what? I am never winning any other award other than Indigenous Artist of the Year Award. Mm. I won't be put in the same category as Drake. Mm. I won't be put in the same category as like just the rap awards. You know, same thing's happening with female MCs. Like, I don't like saying that term anymore because I'm like, back when I was like younger, I was like, yo, female MCs, what up? You know, and now I'm like, just a rapper. Mm not going to put that i would hate to find out that there's just like a you know female rap category and that's it you know what i mean and you can't yeah. break out of that yeah so i'm creating an identity sometimes creates a box mm. so it's tough oh wow okay i'm gonna end it with this though <clears throat> what advice would you give no 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 not that not that not that how break do you out of the use... box, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> break out of your box. <laughs> um, how do you use social media? How do I use social media? Yeah. Um, I use social media to develop relationships. Mm. I use social media to express my feelings. I use social media. I was kind of bummed out because uh, some stuff sort of happened back home. And actually, like, I don't have my phone with me, but I would actually pull it out right now to, to talk about some of the stuff on it. But I basically said, like, you know, something happened back home and it made it triggered me a little bit for for feeling kind of blue. Like I was feeling pretty bad today um, mm -hmm. just because a friend of mine is going through a relapse. And uh, and it means a lot to me just because of the fact that, like, I know what dealing with drugs is like. Mm. And uh, and so it made me like really choke up today. I might choke up right now, but um and I just wrote, like, I don't feel good today. Mm. And I was like, can y'all just, like, tell me something 
just tell me something good. Mm. Tell me, tell me why you you are happy. I'm in I'm in your life, mm. and I've got an inbox full of things that I'm gonna go look at later. <laughs> I'm gonna respond to every you, single you, one. You and said I'm some like, already, though. So <clears throat> I, yeah, you know, I follow a few people, and the I I noticed that how a person uses their stories says a lot about them, mm -hmm. right? And the way you your stories, I mean, sure you might talk about songs or whatever, but your stories. I think I might be wrong, but I think all you do is just to give somebody a reason to smile or take one more breath. That's yeah. how I feel when I see your stories. Absolutely, man. I uh, I know that the vein of music that I make are a lot of people who are sad, uh, potentially self-harming, hmm. um, potentially using drugs uh, to self-medicate. Uh, there are people that don't feel like they have a voice. Um, there are people that feel like they don't fit in. I don't feel like I don't, I feel like I don't fit in, man. I don't fit in because, you know, I'm a white rapper. I present as white to people. That's it. That's all it is. I don't fit in in rap sometimes. Mm. I don't fit in because I'm not as masculine or as like, you know, you know, I, I've been through like some street stuff, but I'm not going to sit. I'm, I don't fit in because my bars aren't hard enough. Mm. Or like, you know, and I'm just like, I know people feel that way. And what's crazy is that like, all I want to do is connect with people and tell them that like, everyone feels like that. Mm -hmm. Every single person feels like that every single day. And so hopefully on social media, if you do follow me at music by Shea, S-H-E-A. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you do follow me on there, like, just talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, just like, I know it sounds crazy, but like I'm part of a, a group called the Stick City Cult, like I said, and it's like we are a bit of a cult. We are all the freaks, the, the people who don't feel like they have a place. Mm. Follow us. Follow us and just like talk to us about it because we understand. Mm. Man, thanks for coming in. Man, thank you so much. Uh, for I this. hope you don't miss your flight. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to miss my flight, I don't think. <laughs> There might be some snow, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Awesome. This is the Blackout Podcast. for listening.